You are listening to Grit and Grace, where I'm sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you and bringing stories to you of the most amazing women that are crushing it in business and in life. My name is Tomberly, and I'm a social impact entrepreneur, where I help businesses grow their community impact and their bottom line through their partnerships with nonprofit organizations. I'm also the founder of Tomberly's Tribe, a brand new group of female experts that from all different fields are helping women grow to their highest level of potential. Join us on this journey by downloading the Himalaya app, which is free, and follow us so we can keep you up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. Welcome to my show. Today's episode is brought to you by the Women's Catalyst Network, a leadership development program specifically for women to hone skills and advance in their careers. If you struggle to handle difficult situations and people while maintaining healthy relationships and productivity, then this is the place for you. Program alumni share that their experience gave them a heightened awareness of themselves and those that they work with and their decreased stress levels. They are more engaged and don't shy away from difficult conversations. The facilitator, Julie Holunga, who has been a guest on this podcast, has a passion for helping women succeed in their careers on their terms. The Women's Catalyst Network meets once a month from April to December in Denver. Go to womanscatalystnetwork.com. That's womanscatalystnetwork.com to find out all the information. Friends, Today is one of the days that I get to revel in the joy of this work that I do, bringing amazing women, their voices and their knowledge to you. And I love the way that my life intertwines my thirst for knowledge with a deep connection to the heart of others. Like, oh, I can just feel that. And my guest today has come to my come into my life like a whoosh, <laughs> a powerful tendril of sacred wisdom, both in this human form today in this realm and also in my dream realm. She is a soul coach focused on the transformational journeys that humans go through to truly become free of what stops us from living our life's experiences. And like me, y'all, she talks to trees, like she talks to trees. (laughs) Be still my heart. I love that so much. She is a ceremonialist, a speaker, an ordained minister, and a witch, a wise, intuitive teacher, counselor, healer, witch, and so much more. And I'm so thrilled to have Reverend Brianna Lynn with me today. Thank Thank you for joining me. Yeah. Oh, yay. I'm so so grateful to be here. Thank you for for the intro. Yeah. um, I think that one of the things that is the most special about you for me is that it's been like these ribbons that have unwound finding like, like, like bringing me from where I'm at to where you are in more than one way. And it's amazing how that has happened. And the work that you do for women and the gifts that you provide of really like cracking open into the depth. And, and I, I, I know you work with men and women and I do a lot of women's work, so I might reference women, but I understand you work with more than just women, but like cracking open into the deepest, darkest, parts of us is really the knowing of our healing. And I so honor the work that you do. It's absolutely incredible. Mm, thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to dive into it today and, and just really, 
Yeah, women, men, all. I mean, because I'm, I'm now working with millennials who literally have no gender identity who are coming to me mm. as like, how do we have language around something that is infinite? How do we have language around our infinite souls? They get it. They're in the oneness. And it's in this really interesting space where our society doesn't quite have anything for them other than to start playing with their hormones or like mm -hmm. trying on different clothes, but there's something beyond that. And mm -hmm. so I, I bring that forward only as like, we get to choose what the metaphor is that we want to play in this lifetime. But ultimately right. we are all way beyond all of this. <laughs> and right. um, being, being someone who enjoys being in the woman identity. I have, I enjoy that. I embrace that. I, I have learned to dance with it. I've also deeply challenged it. One thing that I want to bring forward today that is a deep part of my spiritual practices. I, I'm not, I've learned to not be so critical, but I've also learned in my spirituality, in my identities, in the way, uh, we express and, and share our gifts is to have a very critical lens to understand the time and place that we are in, the cultural context that we're in, the programming that has been intentionally placed upon us as a species of human beings um, to become a part of a larger system that is a, is a part of the game of breaking through um, our spiritual limitations as well. It's also a third dimensional game, if you will. Right. Um, and so I, I bring that forward because uh yeah, what I like sharing is deeply spiritual, is deeply shamanic, but it's also deeply rooted in the 3D. Mm, right. But this is where it's all playing out. Right now, at this at this particular time. And yes. I guess that would be my first question for you is like, why why do you think that this I want to say collective shift? I mean, we're hearing a lot of a lot of terms like collective consciousness and infinite consciousness. And you and I in our practices may understand what that means, but a lot of people listening might not understand why there's been this collective change in, in, on our planet. I don't even want to say in our world, but on our planet, why do you think that that's happening now so deeply, so intensely at this time? I mean, besides the fact that we're all a bunch of fun, crazy <laughs> souls that said, we want to go in at that time, right? There, that, that kind of Armageddon, I'm into that Armageddon. Because oh honestly, <laughs> it's a spiral, right? Like human consciousness is a spiral. We see building and rising and falling of different civilizations. We see the rising and falling of different iterations of humanity throughout human history, right? So this isn't the first end of times. Mm. We're talking about the end of time. We're talking about the end of what it really means to be attached to linear time. What's happening mm. right now is a complete, uh, almost like repixelation of what reality is because it's been so based on um, this chronological, linear, what some people call patriarchal or shadow masculine driven, goal-oriented, external, what it looks like, solar-oriented, binary structure for about 8,000 years now, mm. approximately. You know, it really started 10,000 years ago that the patriarchy or colonizer mentality, whatever you want to call it, with agriculture in the beginning of civilization, there was also a seed that was planted in, in simultaneous conjunction with the technology of settling down, there was also a seed of greed that was planted around land ownership and owning other human beings and what they could do or not do with their bodies. Mm. And when that seed was planted at the beginning of what we know as kind of organized civilization and, and as human beings as a species, there's always been a tension between what is life and what is colonizer domination model. 
there's always been a tension point between that, whether it was Genghis Khan or the right. Incan Empire or the Roman Empire or the Catholic Church or Western colonization or current U.S. imperialism. Like, that tension point has always been true. What's happening right now with spirituality is an onlineness of remembering that we are one body of water. We are 80% water in our bodies, mm. and there's one body of water on our planet, and we're all connected because we are just water biochemically we're able to prove now that we're all connected. When I think something, when I resonate something in my body and I say it and you feel it in your body, we're now resonating at the same frequency. That resonance is what creates relationship. Everything is about electricity and the fact that we're water. So we can think about it in a spiritual sense. We're all one in some other dimension. No, we're literally, physically, biochemically, one organism. Mm. And what I feel is also in connection to everyone on this planet in this moment, every water-oriented thing, which is everything on this planet. But I'm mostly connected first to my own family, to those who've come out of my body, my children, those who I spend most of my time with that I'm in electromagnetic frequency resonance with in my space. And then it trickles out from there. People who follow me on social media will have a certain resonance. Literally, the electricity in our body matches up. We're able to measure it now. Well, I'd like able to mention to... how that how that how that connection brought me this to you. Yes, <laughs> I want. I, wanted, I, I mean, it's I have just a electricity. Couple of times, I've said it to you a couple of times that I find it really interesting how we have resonated at that similar level for me to find you and come across you in the way that I have. And I want to ask you a question in that because. I, what you're saying is so phenomenal. And, and those of you listening, this is why I knew you would love her. She is amazing. Okay. So going back to the fact that we do have sort of a small group of people that we interchange energy with on a regular basis. And there is, I think there is something deep in us that knows that there's way more than that, even if we have not yet tapped into it. Yeah. Um, and so how, how did you get there? How did you get from the, uh, you know, earthly little baby form that Brianna was born into to really yeah, be able yeah. to understand this? Like where, how, how, what was that path like for you? Uh-huh. Well, that's a great question. Um, like most, uh, most, we'll call them interdimensional walkers, whatever, whatever they are, right? Whether they're a shaman or a curandero or a paje or a witch or a clergy member or, you know, a fairy, those who walk in between the worlds. The initiation is usually gnarly. <laughs> it's usually not like, oh, I woke up one day and read The Power of Now and it all made sense. Like, no, no, no. It's usually like uh, a near-death experience or deep, deep trauma or a break in the psyche at a very young age that splits the world and it either goes into psychosis. Like, I could have ended up very much on the street as a homeless person talking to who knows what. Or spirit guiding me in a direction that just took me under the wings of grace and, and set me up with teachers that allowed me the training to really open my abilities to feel everything, which all humans have the capacity to do. I had so much deep anxiety and so much deep depression. And I found my gifts by diving deep into the pain that it is to be a human being and not admit that we're connected to everything all the time, that we can feel the fires in the Amazon. We can feel the children not getting fed breakfast this morning down the street here in downtown San Diego. We can feel those who are being beat by their domestic partners. We can feel the families in Syria. We can feel it all the time. 
all beings can, and just starting to understand that our nervousness and our psychoses aren't just our own. They're calls of help. And none of us get out of this alive, number one. None of us get out of this planet alive, Right. number right. one. Number two, we keep repeating the same problems over and over and over and over and over again. We make it worse and worse and worse and worse for humanity until we all wake up that we are all one. No one gets out of this alive. It's either everyone gets to have equality or nobody gets it. Because as long as there's slavery, as long as there's people murdering others, as long as rape is a tool of war, as long as there is war, guess what? Nobody is going to be free. Not nobody, right. not no Buddha on no mountain, no matter if you have 800 right. million, billions, a gazillion dollars, no matter if you fly to Mars, no matter what, <laughs> as long as one of your brothers or sisters is needlessly suffering due to the inequality that's currently caused by humans on our planet, nobody gets to be free. Nobody gets to be free. It's everybody. Right. It's everybody. Right. And it's a beautiful thing. And in that, we can find our freedom. In that, we can let go of our anxiety. We can do the work to let go of our personal trauma, our family trauma, because that's all the work too. But there comes a point where it, in our spiritual progress, where we have to start looking at our planet as well. I am so radiant of a light. I've capacitated my abundance. I live in a country where I can speak my freedom of voice. I am of a presenting race where I can walk into any boardroom and be looked at with somewhat of seriousness. I am of the lower gender, but I have, I've come at a time and place where we're rising real quick. Okay. So I look at all that and what can I do with that? I can activate my planet to remember that we're all one again. Like that's the best thing to do with our spiritual awakening is bring full equality for the children and the women and all of those on our planet who are suffering, who are needlessly suffering. Needlessly. Yeah. Right. And you, you have obviously the way that you just shared that tells me that you have obviously learned it in a lot of very hard ways, which your initiation was, was not necessarily easy to get to here. And I know that you have traveled and worked in other parts of the world. And so you have, although you might feel it here in the Western world that we live in, you have also seen it with your eyes and experienced it firsthand. And as have I, I, I did work, um, uh, in Nairobi for a period of time. And there are things that I saw with my eyes and felt with my body that yeah, it's still with me today. I still wake up today and feel and feel it. I mean, I feel the women, the children, the communities. And I also got to experience capitalism at the same time. So capitalism, the machine working its way in a third world country like Africa. Meanwhile, 68% of their community does not have access to fresh water yeah. ever. Like I, I, I was participating at the same time in both sides. And uh, well, it, it definitely messed with me. I will tell you that it, it messed with me as a human, as a woman, as a, as a person that can understand why they were doing it this way. And, but the, the deep, deep feeling of that, that community, that earth space was, uh, it shook me up. So, I mean, obviously you have experienced that in ways as well with your eyes as not just your heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, when I was, um, 18, I was called to go to Argentina. I started my travels when I was 18 and went to northern Argentina and worked in a really beautiful place called Misiones. And it's right where the Iguazu Falls are, they're the widest waterfalls in the mm. world. But we worked with um, the Guarani, an indigenous tribe there. And that area had been logged like at the early 1900s, like completely their livelihood, the indigenous people's livelihood had been completely wiped out due to logging. And so they were basically living in like a mud adobe hut area, like former rainforest. It was really, really bizarre. The energy was really like sad. 
And yet these people were very welcoming to us. And I was work, I volunteered with this <laughs> ONG or um, NGO to go up there and uh, they were doing hygiene classes. And um, I just remember being up there and hearing the story of why these people even needed hygiene classes. It's because their forest had been taken from them. Like, why was I there teaching these? Like, it was just this very, like, glitch in the matrix where while I was there, they were also talking about that this was an extension of the Amazon. You know what I mean? It extends all the way down into northern Argentina. This beautiful tropical space had been just clear cut. And these people didn't want to leave their land because this is their holy land, but now they're living in like this kind of middle area where they're, you know, basically making sustenance by now trading with the local town. And it's just, it was very, very interesting to be there and um, created a, a lot of questions within my system um, around, you know, advancement and mm. what it means to be civilized, right? Because these people had been living there you know, between three and 4,000 years before the Spanish got there. And then the turn of the century chopped down their forest. And now they're considered like developing country or like third world country or like po the poor people. And it's like, no, 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 wait a second. Mm. My peoples had to flee because they didn't know how to sustain their land anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, right. these people have been here for thousands of years doing just fine. And, and it just, it had me really question my own education, right? Because I was going there as like to help them. Mm. Mm. To give them that this education. That is such education. a big topic. That is such a big topic. Um, <laughs> I feel like we could do a whole other show just, just on, on that, right? The colonizer I mean, just, volunteerism I just, model. Oh my goodness. My, my mind is just going in so many places around that because I, I see that there are so many different things that I didn't know growing up and that I didn't know in the beginning parts of my career when, because I come from a nonprofit background. So I've spent my entire adult life doing things to make communities better. And when I look back and think at some of the projects that we undertook, and not just undertook, but put millions, I mean millions of dollars into, um, my brain hurts a little, actually, and my heart hurts a little. I guess I just, I have to acknowledge that I didn't know what I know now. And I think we know better as we go along. And, and hopefully, hopefully, the work that we are all doing as individuals on this planet, we are going to start to see some change in areas where we can honor those lands better. Because that's one thing that you really, you talk so deeply about where people come from and the land that they come from. You honor not just the land that you're from, that you live on, but other, you know, honoring that space for others' land too. I mean, that is, to me, that is, it just changes actually the feeling in my body the moment we start talking about it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, just, I mean, just acknowledging the trees of where we're at now, just like, thank you trees and the wind and the sun yeah. and this land. And yeah, I live, this is, this is Kumeyaay land that I live on. I'm very aware that the indigenous that lived here for thousands of years before I, I was here were the Kumeyaay and we, we communicate with them. We work with some of the local tribes mm -hmm. here of the people today as well. So I, I believe in the two-way path of, yes, we connect with them in spirit and we bring them in, in prayer and ritual. Absolutely. But I'm also deeply connected to the Los Coyotes band, which is our local band here. And we do interactions with them and, and we get to know them as, as a people as well, get to know them as relations. And, um, 
that's really important to me. That's really important mm -hmm. to, to Bearheart, my partner as well, that, you know, the land, this land, especially being in the United States of America, this is colonized land. This is, this is land that was taken over, um, and, and land that was lived on before we came here. It wasn't unoccupied. There were over, right. you know, 500 indigenous tribes all over the United States with their own language, with their own mythos, with their own rituals, with their own backgrounds, with their own deep, rich horticulture and deep, rich uh, tradition and connection to the land. They had names for these trees that we may never know, you know? And so there's... Uh, a peace, I believe, in all of our hearts, because most people on the planet right now are, are cultural refugees from somewhere, mm. especially in the country that we live in, and especially right. Australia is another big one, you know, the United right. States and Australia were the big uh, places where people escaped to or were sent to from, from the explosion of colonization in, in Western Europe. So there's a... Uh, a reconciling for us like we were either the ones who were running from someone or running to take over someone right so either way it's a trauma-based like right, arrival right. Where, right and so okay so how do people I want to just I want to think like really in terms of what individuals might that are listening to this might question which is if they don't know where they're from if they don't know where their ancestral lands are even you know even if they have a good practice of honoring where they're at now how do people go about finding out their ancestral lands or lineage because i for one am never ever going to send my dna to a company online that's i'm not doing that and 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 listen if you guys have done that if you're listening and you've done that listen no problem no harm no foul but i am not going to do that. I have gone through this recent, and I think I shared this with you, this recent strangeness of how life brings things to you when you need it, which is that I am in a, a, a different class, which is all around the Celtic traditions, the Celtic mysteries. And in that process, I have a great aunt who has moved into a nursing facility. So I've inherited everything, which turned out to be 200 years of my family history. And in that I found, because I've been questioning, I've been asking questions. And so I get the answer, which is, oh, your family is from Wales and Ireland, and here is 200 years of history that you can look into where they're from, why they left, and that my great-great-grandmother left her home country that for thousands of years my family has had lived on and came over to the United States at 18 years old to try to pursue what she perceived to be a better life. So, and I've been, I'm fortunate, I've been given this information on one part of my family, how do, how do other people go about finding this if they're, if they're feeling that call to know more about where they're from? Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love that question. And, and you said it is, is my favorite is connect with right where you're at. Like, I was born and raised here in Southern California. My mom is eighth generation Californian. So, like, being and living here is so juicy for my soul because there is a deep connection to this land. My partner is also born and raised here, deep connection to California. So, there's, there's, uh, a placeness, a relationship to the land where you're at is really the place to start. Growing a garden on the land, peeing on your own land, walking around barefoot on your land, praying on the land, talking to the trees. Like people think it's crazy until they do it. All you have to do is open your heart, 
and connect and can all we the just talk about do. that for a minute because yeah. i don't i where did i hear you say that something about i don't where did the tree conversation happen i talk oh, about trees in, all the time and talk okay, about this talking was, with them all the time okay. it's one of my this, favorite things oh my god i love it it's, i think it was your latest podcast which we're going to talk about yeah. and i will if, if, for those of you that know brianna has launched a new podcast i think you have what six or seven episodes yeah in, six right now and her recent one is was about um nature and and at the end of it I you said something and I'm listening to your show just so you know I produce a lot of content and I consume a lot of content I listen to yours the day it comes out just thank so you, you. Know. thank yeah, you yeah it's amazing and I will put the link in the show notes but there's something at the end that you said about deficiencies and what our children have and what they're missing and oh, when you yes. said the words that well, they are the missing thing is, a connection. When I'm channeling, I'm not saying it. Like these are not things that I know, right? This is the tree was telling me. She was just like literally and the way that I receive it is just like an energy wave in my body and my only job is to translate it into language, which I'm really good at. I'm a poet, I'm a linguist, like that's my thing. So I can connect deeply with energies that give me the energy in my body. I can feel it deeply in my body and then I translate it into language. So I get information from them just as much as I do when I'm channeling it. Like it's not necessarily that I have have this. It's I also receive it. And it's such a you, orgasmic enlightening like, I love it so much. Oh my God, I feel Yay. so blessed. I feel so blessed. Yeah. yeah. But that yeah. one was really special. Yeah. She was the the tree lives. So her name's Olivia and she's this five limbed live oak tree. And she and I connect a lot. Like and she holds me and I've cried and, to and her. And you were and, recording outside? Outside. Outside. <sighs> And I get to get better audio. You're inspiring me to get better audio because I was listening to that one. I was like, this is such a beautiful podcast, but the audio is shit. It was good. It's pretty good. Don't, 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 don't think that it's good. It's good enough for the fact that you were outside by a tree recording a podcast about trees and nature. In the middle of like a windy forest too. So I was like using my voice canceling headphones. It was, it was good, but it had to be with her. Like I knew I couldn't come back in. She like really called me in for this podcast of like, I want it, but she was sharing that all the deficiencies and what we're diagnosing ADD, ADHD, these things, the biochemistry that is deficient is actually a nature deficiency. Like getting our children outside in nature, outside of the classroom. Six hours in a classroom is not appropriate, is what she was telling me. And like, this is not opinion. This is just what the tree was telling me. So you can take it however you want. You could just throw it away. No big deal. No one listens to the trees anyways. You could do whatever do. Wait, you would like. Listen, this is not medical advice. <laughs> this is a tree speaking. Okay? Don't Talk take to your, your medical off. advisors first. Don't call I, me blaming me for taking oh, your kid off anything. Oh Talk to your gosh. medical people but, first. But do, go and go, but do go and listen to the show and, and think about how that connection, that, that lack of connection to nature really impacts us. I tell you two funny things since I listened to that podcast. The first one is yesterday I was driving to a meeting that I needed to be fully connected, connected, connected and connected in both ways. And so I have a process of preparing myself to do that. And I had my windows down because I want the fresh air in my vehicle. So even if I'm preparing and meditating, I'm doing it while I'm driving. And so I needed the fresh air and I stopped at a light and I looked like to my left and to my right and there were these big trees and I... I like felt it. I'm like, oh, like they just hugged me. They just said, we got you. We're here on both sides. We got you. Like take a breath of us and then onward you go. And I thought of you because I don't, well, however that happened, I recognized that there were these two massive trees that were hugging me while I was parked at a stoplight. <laughs> yeah, they do. But it's a, it's, it is so true. It's yeah. so amazing. And all they want to do is help. That's, yeah. that's all the trees want to do. Like 
they're, they're literally here as angels, as guardian angels, to provide oxygen, to provide shade, to provide food, to provide care, to provide guardianship, to re- remind us how to root, to remind us how to grow, to remind us how to be humble, to mind us, remind us how to be royal, like all the things. They are the, the cycle. embodiment, and the, cycle. the cycle yeah. of life. They are yeah. the embodiment yeah. of the wisest teacher. <laughs> mm. I love it. I, I love it. I so love it. I wish I, I'm thinking that maybe I, I might name this podcast. She talks to trees. Yeah. Um, but I have a better, I have a better title, by the way. I like that you called yourself. I wrote this down. Um, a mystic on a mission. Uh huh. I like that. I am a mystic like on a mission. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm not hanging out in the hills. <laughs> well, you are, which I is okay. Am, but I'm you very, are. I'm very much out there, letting people know. But you come back. Yeah, you go hang out, and then you come back. <laughs> We're going to take a short break to hear more about the Women's Catalyst Network, a leadership development program for women who are leading projects and people yet feel like they are lacking the skills to do so effectively. If you struggle to handle difficult situations and people while maintaining healthy relationships and productivity, then this is the place for you. This small group coaching will put you in the room, not only with an experienced coach and female leaders, but also peers from diverse industries and levels of experience, all who are going through similar situations and can share in their experience and offer perspectives and insights. The Women's Catalyst Network will support you with a safe, high-level executive coaching during the once-a-month events in Denver from April to December. And listen, friends, the facilitator, Julie Holonga, is the real deal. I've worked with her, I've had her on this show, and I have seen firsthand the profound impact she has on a woman's confidence and knowledge on how to succeed. This is an opportunity to dive into the knowledge that you need to grow. You will walk away with so many tools for advancement. Check it out now as the cohort begins on April 16th. Go to womanscatalystnetwork.com. Now back to our show. So I want to, there's a couple of things, there's a couple of questions that I have for you that I want our listeners to know, which is what kind of work do you do? So people now get a sense of who you are and what you do and and, and how you commune with our planet. Mm-hmm. And I obviously know a little bit more about the services and work that you do, not only one-on-one with individuals, but as as groups. I would love our listeners to know about what kind of work that is inspiring you to wake up every day and do what you're doing. And I don't just mean the Facebook lives or the podcast or that, that, that is great. And you do reach a certain group of people in that fashion, but I know that you wake up in the morning and are inspired to change people with the programs and services that you have. And I I want our listeners to know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you for asking. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm so, so grateful. So right now, the big thing that is being birthed through my partner and I is a church entity called the Earth Temple. And it's literally like this energy of of Gaia, right? Like I really have over these past... 12 years, I would say, she's been really working me, my, my conversation with her um, and, and understanding the pulse of her life. And this entity, the Earth Temple, is a representation of her and a way to speak about 
what is life and how to commune with life in a few different ways. And so it's the Earth Temple Center of Prayer and School of Shamanic Arts. And the Center of Prayer is just a gathering place, basically our home temple here, a place where anyone can come at any time. The women and children are safe. The center is always free. It's a non-denominational, fully spiritual, activated space. You can come, you can pray, you can say, you can sing however you want in whatever sacred form you want. The center is free. Bear Hart and I are stewards. We're spiritual leaders and stewards of this mission, but we're not like the gurus or the teachers. There's one teacher in the space, baby, and it ain't me. <laughs> it ain't me. <laughs> I'm a teacher's assistant and I'm a student. I'm a minister of the one. Okay. So all the workshops and everything that we put on is to help people activate their own connection to the only teacher there is. So center of prayer is our gatherings. It's our potlucks. It's a, it's our time working on the land. Um, it's really coming forward as a community. The School of Shamanic Arts has many different programs. We travel around the world. We have a year-long program that you and I are talking about mm-hmm. um, called Sacred Circle Facilitators Training. And that's really to activate those who are already facilitating in one form or another, um, healing, integration, transformational experiences. And they know that their shamanic gifts are coming online to be given to the planet in a deeper way, whether it's channeling through sound, through dance, through movement, through drumming, through hands-on healing, through uh, energetic healing, long-distance healing, um, understanding the body temple and nutrition and the energetics of the physical body, understanding the shamanic level, which is the energy body level of how all of these systems work in a way that can then be shared with others. Um, so it's a year-long training in that, and that is like where Hart and I, my partner and I are the, are the main instructors of this course, but we have several other instructors who will be joining us who have specialties in these areas. And so it's like this really beautiful blooming flower and it feels so good to, and nature as teacher is another big part of it. We'll, we'll be integrating the aspect of vision quest for this year long program as well. Just really getting into what does it mean to activate our shamanic gifts and how can we share them in ethical, true grounded way and also create a lineage. So after a year, you will be a sacred circle facilitators trainer through the earth temple. So you'll always have us at your back. You'll always have resources to come to. And then we have the three year full program, which is the shamanic practitioner and the ministerial program. So those who want to become ministers under the earth temple and have the protection of the church, it's the three year program. And that's all through Sosa or the school of shamanic arts. And so that's like our real juice right now through Sosa mm-hmm. as well. I do year long intensives for people who want to dive deeper into the personal witchcraft um, path and personal space so nature path. You work one on one with people that are interested in that. They they have you have the option for one on one. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I usually work with three to four people at a time a year. I, I like to keep it small. Um, and then Bearheart does one on one vision quests as well. He does things out in nature. And then I have an all women's program that I'm really excited about that's coming up um, called Daughters of the Moon. And that's specifically focusing on the maiden, mother, and crone archetypes. And there'll be three in-person gatherings and then supplemental Zoom ceremonies in between the three in-person gatherings here in Southern California and Julian, California at my home temple. And so for any women who are interested in activating the shamanic realm uh, in a deeper way with all women, women, women identified, female identified. And if you have any questions about that or if you qualify for that, I'd love to talk mm-hmm. to you about it. Um, and to dive deeper into 
the shamanic realms in a safe space with all women. Um, yeah, so we'll be going through each each module is the maiden, mother, and crone and diving deep into each one of those. Mm, I love that. I absolutely yeah. love that. And I'm going to just let people know now that you can find out all of this information at theearthtemple.com. And I will put that in the show notes, but I know that it, it helps to let people know now that are getting excited or, or want to know, like, what is this? Yeah. They want to type it in right away because we are multitaskers totally. all the time. So um, you can just wait until the end of the show and click the link if you would like people. You don't have have to go look right now, but I'm just saying it is the earthtemple.com and it's your podcast is called Real Life Magic, the podcast. And I think you can find it on Instagram yeah. and any of the listening apps if you just type it in, or if they just type in Brianna Lynn, I believe it's going to bring up Real Life Magic, the podcast as well. I'm I pretty sure. So. Um, so that's really, that's really helpful. Anything else that we haven't talked about that you offer in terms of services before I get into my really deep questions that I have for you? Yeah, just on the website, theearthtemple.com, they can just click on sacred schedule and that will have everything that we offer there. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, good. So you've got one calendar. Awesome. Yep. One calendar. Yay. That's awesome. And I, for those of you that are listening, you know, if this is, if there's something that's calling to you, because I know that a lot of my listeners do have a deep interest in learning more about what they don't know. And I know this because I did a series. I don't know if you heard my series, Brianna, but in November, I did a sacred November series. And it was the first time I brought spirituality into the discussion of my podcast because Mm. this show started for female entrepreneurs and career women and transformation, which is spiritual, but I I didn't bring that. I didn't use those words. Mm -hmm. And that's been part of my growth, right? You came out of the broom closet. I came out of the broom closet. I did in a big way. I had a, I did a big live event in Denver and I flew in an Oracle and we did this amazing interview. And then I released a, a series of shows. Um, and it was, it was transformational, not just for me, but for my listeners. And I will admit I had some trepidation around it because I know that there are, well, two things I'll tell you. Last quarter, uh, the first quarter of last year, we ran some statistics on my show, and it turns out that 40% of my listeners were men, mm. which I was really surprised. Um, not because I don't think that we our messages appeal to men. I, I think they do. They want to hear what the women are talking about or what challenges they face. But I hadn't. I just hadn't expected that. That's number one. And number two, I was aware that bringing this into the conversation had the potential to have some of our listeners say, "Hey, that's that's not my jam. That's not what I'm. Uh, you know, that's not what mm-hmm. I tune in for every month or every week and listen to Taverly's show." And I just honor so much that people give an hour of their time, right, to me. So I was very conscious of not wanting to feel like people's time was wasted. Um, and anyway, I ended up having such a tremendous response. And I, I had a woman who, a very well-known woman, and I won't talk about it, but it's it's one of my clients' wives who's in a very large um, public figure role, contact me and said, "Huh, did you did you actually say in the in one of your podcasts the word shamana?" And I'm like, "Oh, did I? Oh, did I say that? I must have said that. I must have like said that in passing." And she's like, "Tell me more. I'm interested." And I thought, "Ah." like this big relief, like I took a big sigh mm. and thought all this fear, I had all this fear around having that conversation, all this fear. And then all of a sudden it just, it went away. And I thought, okay, this is, this is good. My, my listeners are interested in growing, right? That's, that would be the number one, I want to say characteristic that all of us in the grit and grace podcast realm have is that we want to grow and learn. We have a thirst for knowledge. We have a thirst for being our best selves in whatever way that can be. So I really appreciate you, the hour of time, hour and a half of time that you're giving to share that because I know that people are going to resonate with your message. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. I love it. 
Yeah. Okay. So one of the questions that I wanted to talk about that I think that I'm still learning and I know so many of us are, and you can, you can hear that I'm still learning in my podcast because I've literally recorded shows of rants about our lack of focus, our lack of being present, our distractibility in the work that we do. And I really started that around my business because I could not be an entrepreneur and have not one, but two and a half podcasts and still be a mom and still be a friend and a daughter and all the things I do if I didn't have the ability to focus and be present. And so I want to talk about presence. And I understand that differently now than I would have a year ago if we were having that conversation because presence to me then would have thought, oh, stay on task, get your work done, you know, keep the show notes for your show with Brianna on Mm. track, don't lose focus. But now I understand presence to just be so much more about this moment in my life and in my in my space and allowing my body to be present, not just my mind. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's, such, it's such a beautiful thing. <sighs> yeah, that that is often the the crux of the difference between presence and like forced. This is what I have to do now. Um, Especially when we look at the culture that we come from, I think I was saying before, you know, it's not about being critical, but really looking at it through a critical lens of what part is being fed to me to just have me continue to not open more to the oneness, right? So in this, ah. There's, there's, there's the path of the logistics, there's the path of getting things done, there's the path of the goal-oriented, and um, logos is what I like to refer to it. Sometimes it's called masculine, sometimes it's called, you know, a type A personality. There's all these different quality names that we've given to it, but it, it, I like kind of the old-fashioned Greek term of logos, right? Like this, it's, it's defined by the obelisk, right? Like this penetrative force, Right. And then, and then there's the surrender path. There's the feeling. There's the water. There's the chalice. There's the deep um, being in the present moment, being able to feel each other so deeply. The the feminine. It's sometimes called, or, or in Greek, in this term that I'm using, it's called the ethos, right? The feels, right? Mm, and right, it's it's right. usually represented by the womb or the cave or the deep chalice. And the masculine, feminine archetypes evolve from these energetics that we all capacitate within our body, right? Presence is being able to activate both your logos and ego simultaneously without one trying to overpower the other. Mm, That is so, I have never, and I wish people could see what I'm seeing because the fact that you, you, your body was just moving. You were giving Uh, me like a a physical representation of that. And (laughs) and I, Darn it. I should have. I mean, I'm going to take this little video clip off of this little recording and keep it. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. But that is that is very powerful. And that's where it is. Right. Because it's not that we're not doing things. It's not that we're not creating the world. It's not that we're not paying attention to time. And it's not that we're not fully in surrender and fully in bliss and fully in our body and fully in feeling. But when both of those are able to be and that. And that in that, I can just trust that if there is something to do, I will know it inherently. If there's something to release, I will know it inherently. And my mind gets in service to my heart and my body rather than this needing to control. Is it time to relax? Is it time to do? Is it time to, oh, it's the weekend now. Now I relax. Oh, it's Monday. Now I do. That's just not true. It's a listening. Mm. And that's actually the biggest key of becoming an entrepreneur is do you have control of your time? Because if you don't, you're still a slave. 
Mm. Actually, an entrepreneur is the one who says, you know what, today I'm going to move all of my meetings and, and have this full day for my seven-year-old who's going through this thing and I'm going to be fully present with her. That's why I became an entrepreneur was to create my life. And I'm very clear with the people that I work with, like things come up and my family is first. And big part of what I do is being able to fire on both levels and be present with my life and have my, my sacred business support my life rather than my life be sacrificed for my business. Mm. And I do it from that place of of deep clarity with everyone that I work with. I show up on time. I am on time. I, I do all the things. I dot my eyes. I cross my T's. And if something arises, the agreement is, I'll let you know my family's first. Like that's just how it rolls. And yeah. that is what it's, that's why I don't work for anyone else. That's why I've created what I've created. A, because spirit told me that it was my mission. And B, because my life gets to be uh, enhanced by my sacred business, not my life sacrificed for my business. Mm, that is so beautiful. That is absolutely so beautiful. And how do you how do you teach that to the the people that you work with when they still feel that continuous pull to produce, or or even if they're in a career where they don't have like they don't they don't have an option mm. with their you know with their schedule, they don't have an option to put boundaries in place to protect their peace. Yeah. I'm a big protector of my peace, and boy, that has been we could have a whole another conversation on what it takes to get to that full place to protect your peace because yeah. I have worked so hard. Mm. I've worked so hard for for my peace, and I am not. I'm not sacrificing it for anybody, anything, any dollars, any people. I'm not doing it. Mm. Not doing it. Mm. And I'm aware that a lot of people strive to be there. How can we help them, Mm -hmm. you know, get past that, those first steps to even just shift how they think about it to start feeling it in a different way? Yeah. Yeah. So the first steps for me and and a lot of the people that I get to work with, my allies, my clients, my dear loves, um, it's actually unlearning first, like undoing, right? Like how do we reprogram? How do we unlearn that if I'm not doing something right now that I'm going to get in trouble? Right? Like this concept that we're going to get in trouble, that I'm going to be punished, the the internal (laughs) punitive system, right? That one of like, if Mm. I didn't send that email, or if I didn't do it right, or if I didn't get the money, they're going to be mad at me. And then they're going to be mad Mm. at me. So I usually work with people challenging their people pleaser. They're going to be mad at me. Mommy's going to hit me. Daddy's going to hit me kind of vibes. We do a lot of stuff with family constellations, sticks against trees, letting it out, rage work, getting in the body because it's, it's registered in the muscles and the bones, right? Like this is just automatic firing. Protection, 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 right? That comes up when we're in a situation that we could actually release into the mystery, it's like, no, I need to control this instead. Or instead of taking charge, someone goes into apathy, right? Like those are the two expressions of the shadow of the logos and ethos as well. The expression of the logos that's the shadow is control, trying to control everything. And the shadow expression of the ethos is apathy, depression, checking out. And so In both of those, we can see uh, people come to me when they are expressing the shadow of either the logos or their ethos. And it's usually Mm. I'm attracting a lot of women who express their shadow in the logos, who are are somewhat called over-masculinized women or type A personality women. Because this is what I used to be. This is, this is, I was born and bred academia, you know, America, woman. Like this is, and I'm raising my hand. Yeah, right? Like type A personality. Like, (laughs) 
I will 4.5 GPA you any day. Like, <laughs> I will be the boss. I will take over the world. I'm uh-huh. building an empire. Uh-huh. You know, all of those I things. can do yes, all yes. the things and be a mother yes. and work full time and give birth yeah. at home and like eat oh. my placenta and like, you know, fucking be the president mm. of the United States. And like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that was just my favorite part of this this conversation so far because you're right. The answer is no. no. No, it's another lie. It's another lie. Just like it was a lie that we were somehow lower than men. Just and we believed that lie for a while, right? And just like it was a lie that we were somehow weaker or somehow not connected to God and that somehow our sex was of the devil, like that whole lie, like got transposed into like some weird feminist lens that warped it and said we have to be everything for everyone all the time. And it's like, ah! <laughs> Take me back to the Victorian age. Fuck. <laughs> What was that? Everything for everyone all the time? That's slavery. No, Mm. thank you. And I get women whose adrenals are shot, whose bodies Mm. are either gaining weight or losing weight no matter what they eat because it's just, it's energy now. It's not even the food. It's not even how much they're exercising. These are smart ass women. These are women who are making like six, seven figures a year who have their coaches for all the things, but they're like, why am I so upset when I have everything I've ever wanted? It's time to die, baby. Women find me when it's time to die, when they're ready to go through rites of passage and discover their soul purpose and really activate themselves to the next level. That's when women find me. And they're like, I'm done. I'm done with the rat race. I want, I want out in a way that is an integrity for my family, for my people, because they can't just leave either, right? These are right. high impact women. Yeah, that's, I would, I would say that I've probably interviewed over 250 women, not just for this show, but in all of the other work that I do. Mm. And I'm really glad that we're having this conversation and it's useful for me to be able to send people to a place where they could hear this message, whether it's on the show or on your show, because I see it all the time. time. I I feel like I'm still trying to find ways within myself to help because I know that this is is part of my purpose and Mm -hmm. I see this happening and I see it and I actually see it building and I I can see, actually I, I I see it as in like a video, right? For me, I'm clairvoyant, so I see videos. And so yeah. I see what's coming. And there's a part of me that just wants to reach out and like hug them and like yeah. breathe into them so they can take a deep breath with me, like to just breathe. And um, I don't always know how to do that all the time, how to be that that person that gives them the place to go to find those steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard, man, and it's hard. And and I, one thing that I think is hard is even when we've started doing the work ourselves on ourselves, there is still this surrounding group of people that have, in most cases, been a part of your life. And when you start to change and grow, people don't know what the fuck to do with you, yeah. and they don't know. They don't know what to do. And um, I'm sure that you must face that too. Like what, what now I'm a different person. I want to live a different life. I'm going to protect my, I'm going way off the swear wagon here, but I'm going to protect my motherfucking peace and I don't care who you are, but yet you're still my sister or my mother <laughs> or, or my, my, my neighbor or my, yeah. yeah. So that is, that must be such a challenge for people as they're going through that process. How do you, how do you handle that? Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's, two two pieces here one is like 
when we're on the bridge of awakening, right, and we're walking across that bridge, there's like the pace is always self-set. So just for anyone who's in the awakening, like there's no mm. need for you to like change everything, quit your job, right. start your own mm. podcast. Like there's no need to do anything. Like the temptation in any transformation is to run across the bridge. And it's like the bridge is also a deep learning in and of itself. Like whatever you're coming out of and going into, be in that bridge, be in that transition because the transition points are really when we can receive receive the most lessons and not mm. repeat them. So like instead mm. of one of my mantras that has been coming through a lot and it's through an incredible process called the presence process, which I'm leading some of my students through right now, but the presence process, one of the, the mantras is I'm not trying to feel better. I'm getting better at feeling. Oh, oh. Mm. because that's it. Like that's, that's the key to life. If that's it. Just feel the what is, because when we can feel the what is, our capacity for all things extends, and our suffering decreases as our capacity for all things extends. As our riverbanks widen, we capacitate more life experience as the river flowing through us. So our work ultimately is just to expand our capacity to be in the unconditional love space with whatever comes our way. And that ultimately is... That is the whole journey, why we're here. That is the game. Feel it all and feel it some more and feel it some more. And then from that place, activate other people's feelings. Because when every human being's feelings are online, we won't be able to kill each other anymore. (laughs) We won't be able to rape each other anymore. We won't be able to take each other's food or each other's natural resources or each other's things or each other's traditions. We will ask with kindness because we'll be able to feel deeply each other. That's all it is. Whatever it is, whatever you're going through, just be in the process, whether it's yoga, whether it's mantra, it's about finding the things that help you feel more, to get better at feeling. If we're running around trying to feel better, that's just more patterns of addiction, whether it's I'm trying to feel better through a therapist, or I'm trying to feel better through this alcohol, or I'm trying to feel... And I'm not saying that those... uh, Not to do things, but the attempt to feel better is an endless attempt that has no end. It's the same attempt of trying to get enough money to feel worthy or trying to get enough love from someone else to feel lovable. These are only self-fulfilling prophecies. <laughs> These are things we can only give to ourselves. I that- think that's a really that's a really important piece. I want to just I I, I want to stay on that for a minute because mm. I've never really thought about it like you have just explained it, which is this process of um getting better at feeling. It Rushing through that piece, I, I mean, I, it's like I just envisioned the last, you know, fifteen years of my life on how I did that, and at times that I did that, and how I literally would just get like smacked back down to just like wait, mm-hmm. like yeah, woman, like take a take a take a take a slow your roll, yeah. right? And and I actually use these words now that I'm I I have to take a conscious effort sometimes to slow my role, to do more feeling. And I really, really like the way that you just explained why that's important because that skips a step. That that's that repetition, if we skip that step, I it's like I can visualize passing over the important part. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like saying we ate a meal, but we only sat at the table. Like if we don't feel the feelings of the experience, it will come back to bite us in the ass. And it shows up in the physical body as dis-ease. 
every feeling will be felt one way or another. And it's either through our emotional processing and learning how to speak our emotions, sing our emotions, dance our emotions, sound our emotions. That's why I do shamanic work with people to get them into a state to release the emotions that are still in their body that manifest as anxiety, depression, cancer, spina bifida, these crazy things that show up in people's bodies due to emotional suppression. Self-inflicted, learned from another, emotional suppression. All disease is a suppression of energy in motion, emotion. All disease in the body is a stored energy point where that feeling was not fully felt. It will be felt and it will be felt by your body if you're not feeling it with your mind, your body, your heart, and your soul in the moment. It will be felt. And what happens if people don't do the work and let themselves feel it? They get sick. They they end this lifetime without actually being able to feel. Mm-hmm. There's and I I actually feel like I come across a lot of people who are okay with that. They are okay to live that way. And um, I have yet to figure out how to allow myself to not feel that deeply in my own soul when somebody makes that choice. I've I've that's that's my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when people choose out, right? Like, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Because they'll either, here's the thing is people who choose out will either die out fairly quickly or it will get so bad that they will have to choose in. Mm. Like that's ultimately what's happening on the planet right now. And I have a really um, comfortable relationship with death in a lot of ways. And so when people choose out, um, I, my brain then can takes a little bit. I'm, I still am in my human spot a lot of not liking that and yeah. also knowing it's not my place to um, want others to choose something that I choose. And so I, I, but I also understand that death to me is just a rebirth into something again, another, another chance. And so I, I do work hard to think of it in that manner, but it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because we love this life. This life is precious and everyone who comes through is precious. Human, animal, tree, like all of this is so, so very precious. As ephemeral and as cyclical and as eternal as life is, it is also momentary and fleeing and, um, uh, you know, finite and, and precious. The finiteness within our infiniteness is very precious. I know I'm an infant being. I know that I have come from infinity and I will return to that. And I'm totally okay with that. And as a finite 34-year-old Brianna Lynn Cavion, like I have attachments and I have loves and I have desires and I have dreams. And to feel both of those things simultaneously, both the infinite nature and the finite porticolis of God that I am. That's being on the cross, right? Like that is the cross feeling of being nailed to the cross of like time and infinity. Boom. Yeah. That's it. Oh my gosh. You are so amazing, Brianna. Mm. You are so amazing. You shine, you, you shine not just this energetic aura of lightness, but you shine heat too mm. like you're you you bring heat to what you have to say you you're not just talking oh in the cosmos you know or here connect to the light oh no 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 you bring such depth to mm. the work that you do and wow i'm every time i speak to you i'm even more grateful for the opportunity to come into your path and experience you know your magic 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for receiving it. And thank you for uh, breathing it with me and, and equally, right? Like you have attracted this into your field and there is this piece of you that's walking the spirit path and the earth path. And, and to me, that always deserves a deep bow because we could go, mm. we're the kind of women, we could manifest a little house in the Himalayas and like hang out for the rest of our lives and be just absolutely okay with mm. that. Like our little garden, mm -hmm. we'd be good. Good luck, planet Earth. Y'all, <laughs> y'all have fun with that down there. My little hut, oh my, gosh. My, my little island off the coast of Nicaragua, just my own little hut. I've thought about it, you know. Oh, I've thought oh, about I think it. I, I live in Colorado. I, I, I still sometimes will think, you know, there's that that space up there, like a hundred miles with nobody around. I could totally live there and grow my stuff and check out and not, not feel what I feel. So yeah, yeah we could. We could. <laughs> And the choice to be, you know, in, in, I like the Indian caste system, although it became something very distorted, originally mm -hmm. it was about understanding the karmic spiritual curriculum of each choice, right? The Brahmin's choice was to give up all earthly belongings and go and work on their deep reverie to God. And the Raj's cur curriculum was to be the king and rule with the opulence and show the beauty and bounty of God, right? Like these different roles. Um, the beggars were there to show the humility of God, like that they all had their place and their beauty. And the household is the most difficult role, the householder, because it was both walking the Brahmin's path the king's path and the poverty path at the same time mm -hmm. and understanding mm -hmm. each of those roles. You had to be the spiritual leader of your family. You had to be the purveyor of goods and the delegator of, of duties within the family. But you also had to understand what it meant to get real, real about the 3D reality and the people and the beggars who live on your street and what you're going to do to be God for those people as well. It is the most challenging role. We could, we could just be like, I'm living on the streets. Take care of me, society. Good luck. Mm. But we're being householders, and that is a very unique role. Very unique role. Mm. I just got goosebumps head to toe. You just, you just described my life in a, I don't know, two, less than two minute segment. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I know our time is coming to an end, and I want to, I just want to give you a, a very deep bow and mm -hmm. tell you that I know that you can choose to be anywhere in any time and space today. You can choose anything to do what fills you up. And the fact that you chose to give me your time and all of our listeners your time is something that I, I just offer my deep love and gratitude for, Brianna. Thank you. 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 My pleasure, and thank you, thank you, and thank you, Spirit, and thank you for all the beautiful energetic ribbons that have been weaving this moment together so we could all be here, listeners, you, me, everyone, uh, in this moment, and, and that the blessings that we get to cultivate by keeping our heart wide open, our eyes wide open, and, and learning more about what it means to be human at this time, and the oneness that we all are, and how we can uplift our brothers and sisters and others through our love. That is my prayer. That's why I'm here. That's why we're developing the Earth Temple. That's why we do what we do. For the awakening of all, for the equality of all, for the remembrance of all, bringing heaven to earth, ending all wars with self, other selves, and the world itself. Here and now, here and now, here and now, here and now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for the invitation. Such a joy. Thank you. And I, my friend, I'm going to see you again soon. Very soon. 
And those of you that are listening, uh, if you want more information on how to reach Brianna, I'm going to put the website and I'm also going to include a link to her podcast. So this is just really, this is just the very tip of the iceberg at what you can learn from spending time with her. Even if you don't want to spend time right into a program right away, jump on her show, you know, follow her on, on social media, just learn a little bit about this magic that she's bringing. And I know that your soul is going to be as touched as mine is. And those of you that are listening, you know that I always finish this show telling you to go be fierce. And today I'm going to finish this show by telling you to go be fierce and protecting your peace. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Friends, don't forget to visit the Women's Catalyst Network to learn more about the amazing leadership development opportunity. And if you are outside of Denver, contact Julie Holunga to learn more about an upcoming virtual program later this year. Or if you want to work with Julie one-on-one for executive coaching, and she is amazing, feel free to contact her. You can find all the details at womanscatalystnetwork.com. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, my name is Les Conley. And as producer of this show, I enjoy listening right along with you. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow Grit and Grace so that we can keep you up to date on all the exciting shows coming your way. Please check the show notes for links to our guests and feel free to contact us for more information. Taver Lee is a social impact entrepreneur and she can be found at taverlee.com. That's T-A-H-V-E-R-L-E-E.com know your time is extremely valuable and we appreciate you spending it with us. Thank you.